0: Welcome back to the
1: MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about the no-code trend in marketing. Joining us again is Clark Ritchie, who is the Chief Technology Officer at FactChem, which helps organizations develop a deeper understanding of their key business drivers and their associated relationships to power revealing visualizations and drive new insights. Their no-code graph-based integration solution unlocks the value of your data to drive faster results. And today, Clark is going to walk us through his guide to becoming technically independent. Okay, here's the rest of my interview with Clark Ritchie, Chief Technology Officer at FactGem. Clark, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, it's great to be back. Very excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation about the no-code revolution. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, about how marketers are moving away from being totally dependent on their engineering teams by using a whole new set of tools that are allowing them to do not only front-end integrations, but also some back-end data visualization and aggregation to move their business forward faster. So walk me through your playbook on how marketers can get away from being as dependent as they've been on their engineering team.
2: So I'm a big believer in tackling smaller problems where you're currently experiencing business pain. So if you talk to, in my experience, any marketer, and you really can have an honest conversation with them and ask, you know, where does it hurt when you do something right now? And what I mean by that is there's always questions that you either want to ask and you're told uh, you can't really ask them or, well, you could ask them, but, you know, it's going to take three weeks or three months. So give me an example. So for example, questions that are critically important to answer and sound like they should be pretty easy to answer aren't. So what we hear a lot is, I want to understand what is the relationship between my online advertising and my online purchasing? So what does that really mean? It means I want to see what am I spending in terms of AdWords and ad placement so forth. And then what users are clicking on those ads actually coming to my online presence and buying something. And I want to understand what they're buying and then what demographic information I can get from them through that online presence.
1: It seems like another possible scenario is really getting down in a multi-touch attribution. I see that the same users are being influenced by both my Google and my AdWords advertising. How do I know how to value the difference between those two placements?
2: Well, there are some solutions that'll let you do that. Unfortunately, they stop right there because they have a view of your external data, right? You give them access to your Google AdWord, your Bing information, whatever it might be. But you need to drive that all the way through to your internal data, into your transactions, into your shopping carts. And that typically data is all fed internally and people aren't sending that out because that's much more sensitive data. But it's really important to understand that because I want to know, So maybe I get 60% of my traffic from Bing versus Google, but maybe 70% of my spend is actually through Google. I've got to be able to understand that. And then, of course, I want to compare that to how is that relating to the traditional marketing I'm doing through mailers, for example. Well, all that information is internal. So I want to see that complete picture of my advertising, which, again, sounds at its surface pretty reasonable and doable. But in reality, there's often eight, nine, or more different databases involved in that. And then bringing that together can be a real IT challenge using our traditional technologies.
1: So let's talk through that as an example. We've got uh, you know a couple disparate data sources. We've got Facebook, and we've got AdWords, and we've got some offline advertising as well. And we're running an e-commerce product and we want to understand not only the credit each channel should be attributed for driving a new user, but also what's the value that one of those channels is driving on a per-user basis? How would we go about solving that problem?
2: Absolutely. And just to add on to that, and even more, it's within that channel. You know, Often we, we take our money in those channels and we spread it wide and thin because we don't know where we're going to get hits. But if I can really understand that this particular combination of AdWords, for example, is generating me far more revenue than other combination, I can really more efficiently manage my spend within that channel. But yeah, to your point, again, it's tying those external internal sources together.
1: So how would I do that without pestering my IT team? Again, it's going to be a partnership, but it
2: starts with that business's understanding of the process. So how does the business think about it? So drawing that essentially whiteboard model out to express your view of the data and how it flows. So, you know, it's drawing that customer, connecting them to a transaction, to an online presence, to an ad that is hosted by a provider, for example. Really just capturing those data connections that are present in the business and in the business decisions. That's really step one. And this can take a little bit of time as you involve different portions within your organization, for example.
1: So step one is mapping out what you're actually doing. We have our, in this case, three sources of customer acquisition, Facebook, AdWords, and our offline efforts. We're trying to figure out how they're coming into our site. We're creating a user ID to understand whether those channels are driving transaction. And then we're evaluating what the value of those transactions from the user actually are.
2: Absolutely. Just capturing that business model And You said customer, transaction ad sources products what do those look like how are they related once you've got agreement on that you have to partner with the it to say hey where do these sources of data live you know how do i get access to the data so for customers or transactions it's probably an internal source but your it department can point it to you and give you access typically read-only access to see that information and for the external data it's very easy for them to either point you to a live feed, if that's your level of comfort, or to a, essentially a file-based report. Many of these services, you'll get just essentially like a spreadsheet of information on a regular basis that represents how well your AdWords or other type of uh, Facebook advertising, for example, are doing. And those are easy for the IT department to make available to you. Then it's just that initial conversation with IT as you look at that and go, oh, thanks for this data. Thanks for handing me the docs from Google. I was 60 pages of docs. I don't know if I got all of that. That's a lot of docs. But could you just really quickly help me understand what these fields mean? Here's this picture I drew of the business. Can you please just help me understand in this database, which column is actually the customer's ID versus something else? And that's something that IT can typically do very, very quickly. Because again, you've already got that model. You can show it to them. Everyone can understand it. And they can point you in the right direction.
1: So it seems like the second step here, once you've mapped your business models, is really sort of doing a nomenclature and definition exercise with your IT team. We have to figure out where all this data is coming from and making sure that we understand what we're calling each database so we can start to collect it in the same place.
2: Absolutely. And then once you have that, your tool should let you just start to, in an easy, no-code way, drag those things essentially together into your model and join them together. And the subsequent steps in an ideal scenario should be handled essentially sans IT, right? And to a point where you're like, wow, I've deployed this and I'm using it a lot. And maybe I need to talk about scaling or you know, high availability. But you should be good to go at that point. Now, you're going to want to potentially bring in other sources as this grows. And you repeat this process and you'll iterate on it. But again, my recommendation is find some place that hurts. You can't do it now or it's too expensive or it takes too long and then take a small piece of that and say, hey, can I deploy this no-code solution and can I quickly tackle this and get a better outcome than I am today?
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. ready to take your team from i think to i know then join brands like samsung ing and asahi who make better marketing decisions with mutenex mutenex growth ox your best decision starts here to learn more about Mutinex, go to mutenex.co that's m u t i n e x.co okay here's the rest of today's interview So I've tried to implement a couple of business intelligence solutions at a couple of startups that I've worked at over time. And it it sounds like a pretty similar process here. Hey, we have to get our advertising data into a central location and we're going to map that to our in-house data. And then I'm going to try to collect individual fields from all these distributed data sources, put them all into a chart and try to graph them out. There is always some sort of a pain point going from, well, I have to get my customer transaction data from this database, but the customer ID is in a different one and I have to map them and clean them out. Just walk me through some of the pain points and are there ways to avoid any of the confusion when you're trying to build the really front end data visualizations?
2: You're exactly right. That is a huge pain point. So We work very closely with many of the major BI vendors. And what they will tell you kind of off the record is they'll tell you, hey, the biggest obstacle to all of our deals is exactly what you just said. It's once you start to get an actual production worthy amount of data together, how do you prepare it for the BI tool? Because your BI tool wants to essentially look at one database with a couple of tables and then draw things together. They'll give you tools to potentially go to other databases and do it, but there's a lot of pain. They're not really designed for that. So it becomes very technical, becomes hard to do. Because as you said, different IDs don't match. Here it's a customer ID. Oh, and this other one, I don't actually have a customer ID, but I have enough information to identify them and so on. That's where you need a new generation of tools. That's what we're really focusing on is the business reality that across the enterprise, you're going to identify a customer, for example, in different ways. And what I always tell people is if you can sit down with any and all of your data sources and you can look at them and go, I know that this customer in this database is the same as this customer in this other database, even though they don't have the same customer ID or customer ID isn't present in the other source, but I know it's the same customer because you know A, B, and C, well, then you should be able to do that really easily and express that in your tool. And even if you're adding a third or fourth data source with different rules, your tool should handle that.
1: I think this goes back to the conversation we had yesterday where you go to your engineering team and you say, I want to install a no-code solution because I want to take some of the operational lifting that you're doing for marketing off your plate. And in reality, you're still going to be dependent on your IT team in some capacity because they are the ones who set up the underlying infrastructure that you're trying to read As you integrate more no-code tools and the relationship between your IT team changes and marketers are able to do more analysis on their own, how do you see the relationships between IT and the marketing teams evolving? And what are the best practices for making sure that those relationships stay healthy?
2: Honestly, I think they very quickly get healthier out of the gate. As someone who sat on both sides of that line right now, everyone on both sides wants the same thing. They want to do whatever's necessary to make that business successful. And I've seen this hundreds of times of my career. The biggest impediment there is we speak different languages. Business talks about things in a certain way. IT talks about them in a different way. And that way is often something that is forced on us by the technology that we have to use to solve the problem. And we don't understand each other. If we can remove that mismatch and a good no-code solution, should enable that, should give you a common language to speak so that everyone understands what you're talking about. Everyone is fully aware of the problem and all of the pieces and speaks about it in the same way. Now it becomes very easy to remove that friction and for everyone to drive in the same direction. That to me has always been the biggest frustration point between IT and business is business gets angry when they don't get a solution or an answer as quickly as they want. And IT gets upset that the business is asking for crazy things that they couldn't possibly deliver. And neither side understands why the other's upset.
1: What I'm hearing is that no-code tools, like the ones you're mentioning, are really the Google Translate that, instead of being English to Spanish, they translate engineering to marketing. That's a great way of thinking about it,
2: and that's one of the reasons why we do choose at our company a graph database as the underlying one of the underlying technologies. There are others as well. But it is a storage solution that IT and the business can both easily reason about and visualize in the exact same way. And it allows you to draw that picture on the whiteboard that represents your business and all of your business rules and directly translate that to a physical layer where your data is stored without losing any fidelity. And that is really just so important in keeping things moving smoothly.
1: Okay. Clark, I appreciate you coming on the show and walking us through how to be better marketers, how to be less dependent on our IT team, and telling us a little bit about no-code solutions.
2: Thanks for having me. It's been great to be back.
1: All right. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Clark Ritchie, the Chief Technology Officer at FactGem, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Clark, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is C Ritchie, C R I C H E Y. Or you can visit his company's website, which is factgem.com, F A C T G E M.com.